0: Welcome to Would You Rather, a podcast where Cosmos Magazine journalists debate a topic and only one comes out the victor. I'm Ellen Fidian. And I'm Petra Stock. Okay,
1: it's March, which in Melbourne means fashion festival. So today, Ellen and I are talking about the incredible science and technology that underpins, get it, clothing. (laughs) And... As usual on Would You Rather, we're taking it to the extreme. I'm going to be stretching my active wear on the sporting field while Ellen is going to be outfitting herself for outer space. Hey, Ellen, what do astronauts actually wear these days? Is it still one of those Michelin man suits with the helmet thingy?
0: Yes, if you're going on a space walk for sure. It really depends on what you're going to be doing. So if you're just kind of hanging around on the ISS, um, then what they look like they're wearing is basically like tracksuits. It is essentially tracksuits, but they're specially weighted generally so that the astronauts can keep their bone density up a little bit. But yeah, what they're, what they're wearing on the ISS is not all that different to what you would be wearing back on Earth, essentially. Now, things get a little bit more elaborate for, say, going into and then leaving space. You need something that's a little bit more protective, more fireproof and like appropriately pressurized for the changes in pressure you'll probably be experiencing. And then when you go right up to, say, spacewalk levels, we're still talking like the Michelin Man suit thing with the helmet because that is basically its own tiny spacecraft, right? So it's got to keep the astronaut alive. It's got to have power. It's got to keep all of the pressure correct. The pressure is actually really, really hard to manage because if you put in too little, that's really bad for the astronaut's body. But if you put in too much, it's really hard for them to like actually move the suit around. So there are lots and lots of bits involved in that, but yeah, in terms of sort of the first spacesuits through to now, a lot of it's kind of the same basic mechanics, but they've changed the materials around a bit. Petra, sports is a pretty wide net. Doesn't the field determine the fashion as well there? Okay, you're right. Actually, I'm quite a
1: fan of those horse riding outfits they wear for equestrian events, though not. Actually, the sport, but that's probably down to watching too many repeats of international velvet. <laughs> but if we're talking high performance sportswear, probably a good place to start is with, say, Kathy Freeman's incredible bodysuit she wore to run and win at the 2000 Olympics. For those not old enough to remember and not sure that might include you, Ellen. I remember it.
0: I remember (laughs) it. I was was five, but I did watch it happen.
1: (laughs) Well, and for the audience, what Freeman wore was this like tight-fitting green and white slimline bodysuit that covered her whole body from head. It had this hood right down to her feet. And at the time, it was totally innovative. But actually, since then, we've seen these really similar sorts of bodysuits be adopted even in swimming. Ian Thorpe wore one. And there's the incredible black cat suit with a red belt, which Serena Williams wore to the French Open in 2018. But let's talk about the technology. When you're in space, what kind of
0: features do you need your clothing to have? If you can I the one of the things that I love about space is that you have to plan for every single scenario because it is apparently going to happen. Like like whenever you're sort of planning for stuff on earth and you're like this seems kind of ridiculous, but you know just in case. NASA has already done all of the maths on that for you. Um so Uh, suits have to be fire resistant obviously if there's some kind of crash if you're heading into space that sort of thing Um, and they also then need to be able to cool the astronaut down and also warm them up because there are temperature extremes in space as well so you need to have layers and layers of thermal resistance that they also need to be designed so that they're not kind of cooking the astronaut in their suit basically. One of the things I really uh, thought was super amusing was that russian spacesuits, certainly in the 1960s through to 1980s i don't know if they still have them but they equipped the suits with a knife as well just in case they what? landed somewhere where, like, <laughs> a knife might be necessary <laughs> um, it feels like real cool like survivalist gear to me Which, which the fight which...
1: breaks out on the iss <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly Yikes! Yeah. yeah um which I thought was just hilarious. The other thing that I think is worth paying attention to is those kind of leisure suits on the ISS. We all know that astronauts face a whole bunch of medical problems simply by being in space, like being in low gravity is not what our bodies are designed to be in. So at the moment, while they just kind of have the weighted clothing, there is actually work being done on clothing that everyone could wear in space that would keep them kind of healthy while they're up there. So it's called somatosensory wear, and the idea is that you have clothing that is basically replicating what it's like to be in gravity. So if you're moving your arm up, then it's putting a level of pressure on your arm that feels like you're in gravity. So stuff like that, and theoretically if they're applying kind of similar pressures as well, that's theoretically going to keep your muscle density up and your bone density up while you're on the ISS because you're still moving about as if you're in gravity. And if they can apply the pressure and stuff as well, then hopefully they'll be able to reduce some of the health effects of being in space. But this is all, it's all very like new stuff. They haven't tested any of it out just yet, but there is a company in Australia in Adelaide actually, that's working on one of these things, which I thought was really cool. That is so cool. All right. What about sports? Let's go back to Freeman's jumpsuit. Why did she wear it? Was it, Was it actually helping her run faster?
1: So apparently the story behind Freeman's running suit started back in 1998 where this engineer and apparel designer called Eddie Harbour, who'd actually been working on military body armour, if you can believe it, Hmm. got a call from Nike um, because apparently they wanted to design this super suit that could make runners go even faster. And the key to the design was basically streamlining, which helps a lot of athletes, not just runners, but also cyclists, downhill skiers, swimmers, anyone who wants to go fast needs to be streamlined. So he uh, contacted a Canadian aerodynamics expert who had been apparently trialling different materials in wind tunnels, basically trying to work out which ones reduced the drag so the basically allowed the runner to move more quickly through the air and so the two of these guys got together and they apparently measured something like 50 different types of fabrics in wind tunnels and then they filmed and measured kathy freeman and basically kind of combined or like patched different types of fabrics together to sort of help the speed for different parts of her body and apparently the hood especially helped with streamlining because hair can really slow you down like when it catches the air Mm. so apart from allowing her to move fast the other requirement was that it was comfortable which seems fair enough if you're going to be running 400 meters really fast and the other thing about freeman's bodysuit and also like more recent versions of the same sort of idea is also compression so there's some research suggesting that compression like wearing tight outfits helps especially after exercise by kind of forcing your blood to move around your body and get to your muscles more easily and apparently the research suggests that wearing these like tight fitting exercise garments can help you recover
0: after exercise Ooh, that's interesting that they actually make you feel better
1: yeah so the idea of these sorts of Body suits is that they help people go faster. And obviously, for elite athletes, they're looking for any kind of tiny advantage they can get over their competitors. Um, comfortable. But I'm curious like, a lot of the time when we talk about clothing, um, we're also thinking about wanting to look good. And so, I'm kind of curious about the design of space wear. Is it just purely practical, like all those benefits you talked about, or do they kind of care what it looks like? I mean, I was thinking of the early space age designs that kind of inspired that whole era of fashion in the 60s, you know, moon boots and all that sort of stuff. What about today?
0: So certainly in the 60s, they didn't need to try and make them look cooler because people were making them cool, Pretty much on their own. And that's kind of been the logic ever since with spacesuits. The safety and health of the astronaut is paramount. However, it looks afterwards, like we might worry about the flag on the arm, but we're not going to pay (laughs) that much more attention to, to the rest of it. That said, when SpaceX unveiled the spacesuits, it wanted its astronauts eventually to use. They they actually went in the opposite direction to to military. They went to a fashion designer and he initially thought that he was designing the suits for a film. He didn't realize that they were actually the suits that they wanted to wear in space. Oh, no way. They're still like definitely space suits. Like you look at it and think, oh yeah, astronaut. But they're definitely like, they're, they're much slimmer through the body and they're grey rather than white. They don't kind of have any of that puffiness. So, so they definitely look like a little bit cooler, but it's still like, it's still clearly an astronaut suit. It's not the sort of thing you'd just like wear down the street <laughs> in any situation. <laughs> and obviously they still have their helmet as well. Actually, I think something that really exemplifies the extent to which initially they didn't care very much about how they looked and who designed these suits is that the Apollo missions, the um, space suits, the the lowest layers, or not not quite the lowest layers, but the, the nylon layers they had the astronauts wearing under all of the suit stuff, they were actually sewn by lingerie designers and lingerie makers. Because um, they had this like weird stretchy material that none of the engineers knew how to deal with, and the sorts of people who had the expertise to actually like stitch that finely so that there wasn't going to be any air coming through, and also manipulate it properly, were people who made lingerie. So they had this whole group of women who normally made underwear um, turn around and start making space suits. It's one so of they're those wearing things
1: that- kind of like long. Long underwear underneath their
0: puffy suits. Yeah, yeah, basically, like long nylon underwear and incredibly, incredibly delicately designed and stitched so that no air could possibly get through, which I think is really, really cool. It's one of those things I'm very surprised that they haven't already made a movie about it because there was this guy who realised that um, lingerie makers would be the best for this and so he got them all to do it and then they lost the contract with NASA and then they got it back in a competition. It was so dramatic. And, I and would watch so, that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I want to. I would love to interview one of the one of the lingerie um, seamstresses who worked on a space suit. Okay, so sports. How much does what the clothing looks like matter?
1: Okay, well, like in my opinion, Freeman's running gear was incredibly cool. And it turns out the design of the suit was loosely based on a kind of comic superhero outfits. But I think the most important thing in that case was how fast it could help her run. But if we're not talking about the Olympics, let's say another sport like tennis, design plays a bit more of an important role because of sponsorship. Ah. Um, So... Basically sportswear brands in that case want their sponsored athletes to look good so they can sell more clothing. So when Serena Williams wore her amazing black catsuit with the red belt basically fans and the media really loved it but in that case the design kind of came a cropper because of the other aspect of sportswear which is rules Mm. and Tennis has this kind of long history of dictating what players should wear. It's a little bit tradition, it's a little bit practical and also a little bit sexist.
0: (laughs) So (laughs) I'm shocked. (laughs) (laughs) A
1: lot of sports have rules that aren't really necessarily about what works well for the players that are kind of antiquated. So in tennis, say, for a long time, women had to wear these really long skirts, you know, corsets, petticoats that were totally hard to move around in. And then the sport wanted everyone to wear white, which kind of links to Victorian ideas about class and hygiene. And some of these things are still hanging around today, like still sort of restricting what athletes can wear. So even as recently as 2021, the Norwegian women's beach volleyball team were actually fined for wearing improper clothing because they chose to wear shorts instead of bikini bottoms. And that's definitely got nothing to do with the requirements of the sport because the men were allowed to play in tank tops and shorts. And even as recently as December this year, last year, sorry, Netball Australia changed its rules to allow players to wear shorts and pants instead of having to wear a netball skirt. And this has got to be a massive step forward. I mean, I remember playing netball for a very short time in primary school and one of the reasons I switched to soccer was because they had this weird thing where they would check you're wearing the right coloured underwear with your oh neck or skirt, oh. which is totally gross. Yeah. And I can't see any practical reason for that <laughs> rule to be in place. And as I understand it, there's still things today, like women footballers struggle to find boots that work for them, as most of them have been designed in the first place with men in mind. But... You know we're making progress i was kind of wondering is there any difference like in terms of what men and women wear in
0: space in general what you're wearing has been purpose built for you so they've taken your measurements and figured out what fits you that said very famously four years ago the first all-female space flight had to be cancelled because they had two female astronauts ready to go. Sorry, not space flight, space walk. Um, they had two female astronauts ready to go out on the space walk, but they realized that they both fit into, or one of them realized that she really needed a medium shirt to suit up, and, the, uh, and they didn't have enough, essentially, on the ISS. And so she couldn't. It was a lot easier to swap out the astronaut than it was to swap out the suit. Oh so my. instead it was a woman and a man who went on this spacewalk. And the all, first all-female spacewalk happened shortly afterwards. So that was a, a big point of criticism for NASA because they said, well, you should be prepared for something like this. You should have things that are the right size. But it was, it was essentially a sizing issue rather than anything to do with like biology or body shape in any other way.
1: Yeah. Wow. They should have been prepared. I mean, they
0: They say with knives, you've got to have the right size clothing. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I actually, when you were talking about skirts, there's an old legend that overarm bowling in cricket was invented by a woman so that it could get around her skirts because it was like still sort of full hoop skirt era and they used to bowl underarm and she decided (laughs) to go over instead. Look, I've got one question which, to be
1: honest, is only tangentially related to spaceware.
0: (laughs) How do astronauts, you know, go to the toilet? Why do all of the Would You Rather podcasts end like this? (laughs) So if you go back and listen to the one about ISS versus Antarctica, Jacinda Bowler has a really wonderfully detailed explanation of how to go to the toilet in space. The thing I will add to that is that spacewalk spacesuits are fitted with nappies. So I guess the astronauts don't really have to worry. They don't have to uh, prepare ahead of time, That it doesn't strike me as the most pleasant thing to do.
1: <laughs> oh my God. The things I've never thought about, about being <laughs> in space. Okay. Let's put that to one side. To be fair, I'm really not one of those people who gets around in athleisure or active wear, but I do think the 60s space age look is very cool. So, Ellen, I'm happy to see this fashion war, or should that be wear, to you.
0: Genius, genius. (laughs) Well, thank you very much for listening to Would You Rather. We hope you enjoyed it. Please let us know which of the two you would pick by voting on our website, cosmosmagazine.com. The newsroom will be back next time with a different scientific find to debate. This podcast is produced by the Royal Institution of Australia in Adelaide on Ghana land. The Royal Institution of Australia is a not-for-profit whose mission is to communicate science widely as the key to a better world. We do this through our daily news stories, which are turned into educational resources, teaching the scientists of tomorrow about the science of today in classrooms across Australia. Support us by subscribing to Cosmos Magazine, Australia's leading print science magazine.